President Falco. Present. Vice President Knight. Present. Councilor Marks. Present. Councilor Morell. Present. Councilor Scarpelli. Uh, Councilor Scarpelli will be absent this evening. President Carviello. Uh, President, six in the affirmative, uh, one absent. Please rise and salute the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for all. Pursuant to Governor Baker's <clears throat> March 2020 order, suspending certain provisions of the Open Meeting Law, Chapter 38, Section 18, and, and the Governor's March 15, 2020 order, imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Memphis City Council will be conducted by a remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and the parties with the right of requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at www.medford.org. For members of the further meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by access, accessing the meeting link contained herein. No, no in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event we're able to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Medford Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive recording of the proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. Okay. Hearings. 21362, City of Medford, a public, notice of a public hearing. A public hearing will be held by the Memphis City Council in Howard F. Alden Memorial Auditorium, 85 George P. Hester Drive, Memphis, Mass., on Tuesday evening, June 1st, 2021, at 7 o'clock p.m., on a petition from Herbert G. Chambers of Herbert Chambers BMW of Medford at 60 Mystic Avenue, Medford, for Class 2 used auto sales, use special permit, Class 4 auto repair. Uh, repair use permit in accordance with Chapter 94 Zoning Ordinance of the Method City of the City of Method, Section 94-148D, Table of Use Regulation. The automotive use is 27A for permission to operate its Class 2 secondhand motor vehicle sales and automobile uses, 37 for permission to operate its automotive repair establishment at 60 Mr. Gary Method, a commercial 2C2 zoning district. A Zoom link for this meeting will be posted no later than May 27th, 2021. Petition and plan may be seen in the office of the city clerk at Medford City Hall, Medford, Massachusetts. Call 781-393-2425 uh, for accommodations and aids. Again, good evening, sir. Well, this is a public hearing. I, I opened this part up. Are you in favor of this project? Yes, Mr. President. Thank you very much. Is there anyone else in favor of this? Oh, excuse me. Name address of the record, sir. Frank Marinelli, I'm an attorney representing the Herb Chambers Companies. My uh, office address is 439 Washington Street, Braintree, Massachusetts. Thank you. Is there anyone else in favor of this? Hearing and seeing none, we close this part of the hearing. Is there anyone in opposition to this hearing? Hearing and seeing none, we close this part of the hearing. Good evening, sir. Uh, if you could give us a brief synopsis uh, of your of your plans. Yes, Mr. President. Um, I'm pleased to appear on behalf of the Herb Chambers Companies and Herb Chambers 
BMW of Medford. Uh, by way of background, uh, Herb James started the company approximately 35 years ago. Uh, the company is privately owned by Mr. Chambers. It has grown to about 60 dealerships. We employ approximately 2,000 people. Uh, the property at 60 uh, Mystic Avenue, as you know, was formerly Yorkia, and then when it was acquired by the Chambers companies, it became Herb Chambers Infinity. And now we would like to bring a luxury brand, uh, Herb Chambers BMW pre-owned, uh, to Medford. Uh, it is an approximate uh, $5 million investment, $4 million approximately in the construction that is ongoing since January. Uh, the building is situated on about two and a half acres of land. It's uh, an over 17,000 square foot building. We're adding on uh, approximately 5,400, which would increase the service capacity of the building and also have uh, pre-owned sales. With me uh, on, on Zoom is uh, John Welch, who is the Director of Construction and Facilities for the Herb Chambers Companies. Uh, the Herb Chambers Companies just don't open dealerships and acquire dealerships, but they assiduously maintain their dealerships, as you know, with the cleanliness and, and the appearance of, of all of the dealerships. So John is in charge of that aspect from the company, from the corporate offices. He's uh, happy to answer any questions you might have. Also on the, uh, on the Zoom is uh, Casey Richenberg, who's the Director of Fixed Operations. Uh, as you know, Mr. President, the building is, is currently vacant. Um, it, and uh, when we reopen, there'll be approximately 30 jobs uh, between sales and service. Uh, the, uh, we would like to commend the officials for the city of Memphis that we've been working with uh, from the building department to the DPW to the water. And in, in my own instance, with the city clerk's office uh, during COVID, attempting to get a hearing scheduled and uh, in particular, Jan Grogan, who we work with. So. Uh, we, we really appreciate the collaboration of all of the municipal officials and, and of course, the city council. So we're happy to answer any questions. Uh, there's a rendering of the way the, um, the facility will appear when we finish all of the construction. Uh, it meets the BMW manufacturer requirements for, for, for branding and for uh, the, the look of the building that uh, the particular uh, particular uh, automotive uh, manufacturer wants, in this case, the luxury brand BMW. Thank you. Uh, Council Pelko. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you for uh, opening a business here in Medford. A uh, couple of quick questions. Uh, do you have the uh, hours of operation? Yes, I do. The hours of operation are uh, service and in part 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, Saturday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, Sunday, there'll be no service. Um, on the sales side, uh, 8.30 to 8 p.m., 8.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Monday through Thursday, uh, Friday and Saturday, uh, 8.30 to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 11 to 5 on sales. Okay. And as far as, uh, look, I'm looking at the paperwork for the next hearing to, um, Will you be servicing vehicles at this facility? Yes, so that's, I'm glad you asked the question. The, the, the applications are for, number one, a class two, which allows the pre-owned uh, motor vehicles to be sold, and then a class four repair shop. The addition provides a total of about 13 um, repair bays. And um, then the, the uh, storage license that we asked for is for 
fresh oil and, and waste oil. John can explain that, John Welch. That'll, we be, have, that'll be on the next, on the next batch. Yeah, we have a fluids room and so forth yeah. for that. And I think the final thing was a special permit uh, that the building inspector requested because um, when you issue a special permit, it goes with a particular user of the site. When do you plan to open for business? Mid-July. Mid-July. <clears throat> and you mentioned it early, earlier, I missed this. Uh, how many employees at well, this location? At this location, approximately 30 to start. 30 to start. And that may grow. Okay. And as far as, I believe, did you say you were adding on to the existing structure? Yes. Okay. So I can show you that. We have, we have plenty of apartment, as you can see, on the two and a half acre site. So the section that you're adding on is that uh, phase into the area? Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Council Box. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Um, so you. are not going to be selling new cars, it'll only be pre certified used cars, correct? That's correct. So the 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 requirements of the manufacturer to have this location, there is geographical territories of licensees with with new car sales, and um, the business reasons. Perhaps John could speak to it more, but um, this is really a a satellite facility for for sales where we can refer any new car sales to our existing. Uh, dealership at uh, Commonwealth Avenue, Boston. We, we, we were not able to secure new car class one sales here. We were only able to get certified pre-owned sales. It's a requirement of the of BMW NA with with the franchisee. So the other closest BMW is in Somerville. Is that correct? I am. I'm not. Sh that may be true. I I, I don't. Well, we have BMW on Commonwealth Avenue in, in Boston, but as far as another BMW franchisee, um, I think there's one up on Route 1. Um, okay. But, you know, I, I don't know what the, the, uh, the other competitor locations are. Okay. So it's strictly going to be uh, certified pre-owned. Yes. Um, and how, how long has uh, Herb Chambers owned that particular piece of property? Uh, and uh, John can correct me. I was just checking out uh, Vision Appraisal records for the for the city, and it says 2018 uh, on um, on the acquisition. And so, you know, that's that was Herb Chambers Infinity, and uh, then now we're proposing Herb Chambers BMW. Right, and, and Herb Chambers Infinity didn't last too long there. Did you know what the reasoning was behind that? I don't know what the business determination was but you know we have uh, clearly a, a, you know I'm, I'm not not privileged to that information right uh, you said we had someone from the corporate office on I'd, I'd yes. like to know because on, honestly when the infinity came in I think a lot of people were happy to see a luxury car mm -hmm. uh, establishment go in there and then I'd say maybe six months eight months at last it wasn't very long and then it's been vacant for a long period of time 
uh, and I'm just hoping that's not going to be the same scenario again. Yeah, I don't with, think I, I think, you know, BMW is uh, a solid brand. construction contract and when you get finished with furniture equipment soft costs it's it's well over four four and a half million dollars okay can we hear from someone from the corporate office uh, regarding the infinity mr president would that be uh casey or john either one uh, uh, this, they don't. this is john welsh uh john the, welsh, uh, the, the director uh, of record please yeah, my name is John Welch. I'm the director of construction for the Herb Chambers Companies. And uh, to to answer the question, uh, it was really a business decision uh, to uh, to pull out the Infinity brand itself, and uh, a business decision to be able to utilize the property to its uh, higher extent, bringing in the BMW dealership. Okay. Um, so, uh, Mr. President, um, I, I would ask uh, at this point um, if uh, the only plans that they're going to have is to sell pre-owned certified, is, is that going to be the full intent? So BMW has a certification program, but, you know, class two allows you to sell. Somebody may come in buy a certified pre-owned BMW, trade in another car that we would resell. So, you know, it, to, to, it, it wouldn't be limited to certified pre-owned. It's, it's just basically the, re, the sale of pre-owned vehicles. So pre-owned, it's not going to be strictly BMWs? No. So it'll be other cars other than that? Yes. So I'll be able to go and afford one of your cars? <laughs> Hopefully that was a legit question. Yeah. So you'll have other cars on, on the lot as well. We should. Uh, uh, Mr. President, uh, Herb Chambers has been a long established, as the good attorney stated, uh, in business for 35 years. Uh, from what I know of Herb Chambers, a very reputable uh, business, uh, someone that stands by their cars, uh, I think has a great track record. And I think uh, the Herb Chambers BMW will be a great addition uh, to Mystic Ave. Thank you, Mr. President. Councilor Morell. Thank you, Mr. President. If I could through the chair, you mentioned three, I'm sorry, 13 service bays. That's 13 additional or 13 total? Uh, there are there are approximately seven uh, that exist. So okay. it's, you know, I, I thought that originally we somebody said 11, uh, going from seven to 11, but I looked at the floor plan and it's, it, it's there's 13 that are numbered on there. Okay, so 13 total. I would say so, yeah. Okay, thank you. And um, is there any additional um, impervious surface or this area that's fully paved and you, you aren't paving any more areas for cars? No, the paving that is out there is the paving that, it's the extent of the paving. If I'm mistaken in any way, John can correct me, but I walked the site before I came over here and it looks like what is to be paved. Uh, some areas have already been freshly paved, uh, but you know, there's some considerable improvements and uh, the limits of pavement appear to be established. Are there any landscape improvements? Pardon me? Are there any landscape improvements to speak of? So we do have a, a landscape strip at the front on Mystic Ave, and then there'll be more landscaping in front of the building. Uh, so there will be, you know, those, those improvements. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. 
Council Bates. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, thank you for the presentation. Do you expect any additional uh, or traffic impact from the additional service bays? No, I, I think that uh, it's, you know, uh, car dealerships historically, because people are, are coming in in the morning and on Saturdays uh, and in evenings, they, they often run counter to peak hour traffic. And I've been involved in many facilities over the 25 years that I've represented Mr. Chambers. And we've had various traffic studies and there's really no traffic impact on a modest, a modest uh, increase in the building size like this. The building size right now as an existing dealership was over 17,000, I think seven, I have the exact numbers, uh, 17,000. It's currently it's 17,425 square feet and it's going to 22,917. So it's, you know, it's about a third increase, less than a third, 5,492 square feet. We wouldn't expect any uh, noticeable traffic. Okay. Thank you. Vice President Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, thinking back to when um, Infinity was before us, I do believe that uh, some neighborhood residents appeared at that meeting um, and they expressed some concern over the use of an outdoor intercom system um, that was being used prior um, to Herb Chambers taking over. Um, and I do believe that this council had uh, placed restrictions on the permit for Infinity, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm doing my best to try to dig those up, um, but I'm hoping that we can apply those same restrictions that were in place that uh, the neighborhood asked for uh, previously. I know that this lot has been vacant for some period of time, um, but when it was changing hands, um, a number of residents did come out um, expressing some concern over the use of uh, the outdoor intercom system uh, to you know, call people and say, you know, Joe, you got a phone call, come inside, yeah, that type of thing. Um, it was very disruptive to the neighborhood, number one. Um, number two, um, are all vehicles stationed on site or are they stored in another location of Mystic Ave and they're going to be trucking back and forth to other locations or other possible Mystic Ave or are they all going to be stored I mean, on site? To my knowledge, we have plenty of uh, storage space on, on site. site. And, you know, uh, I don't know that any of the intercom, and I remember that restriction because I was here yeah, three years ago. And uh, I don't know if that, that certainly wasn't a reflection on the Herb Chambers company, I think maybe a prior Exactly, prior exactly. Operator. But yeah, the, um, the local residents did want that uh, protection in place mm -hmm. when um, we issued the permit in the past. Um, and I'd ask that those uh, restrictions be applied once again. Um, but we're going to have to find them first. Um, the minutes, the meeting minutes, in order to do that, I do believe. Any further questions? A motion for approval. Um, I'd like to offer that as a are you making that, Council uh, Vice President? You making that an amendment? I'd like to offer it as a condition that um, yeah. you know the same conditions that were um, applied by this council when the Xfinity dealership received their uh, Class Two license be applied to the special permit as well. Okay, uh, the motion by. Uh, but I just Mr. President, I don't know how comfortable people are voting for them if we can't see them. Right, I, I, I'm not opposed to the condition of the outside mic. I, I just don't know the other conditions. And they may be acceptable as well, but uh, you know, before I vote on any conditions, I think that was one that we had on the last time. It was just uh, the outdoor noise, the noise of the, the intercoms. Is that the only? I think uh, I think that was the only one we had last time. Well, let's put it this way: I know I sponsored that one. Yeah. So I know that that was the condition. That was the only one I put on it. Yeah. I don't know if other councils. I think that was the only one that was on. on but I know that was the only one. So why don't we, why don't we do this, Mr. President? Why don't we put that condition on? And then do a six-month review, and if there's other conditions, we can put them on after the six-month review. So moved. 
Yes. That one condition that Council of Night, yes. Vice President Knight, and then we'll do a, a motion for a six month review. So on the motion by Council Marx as amended by Vice President Knight, seconded by. Second. Seconded by Council Falco as amended. Yes. Correct, please call the roll. Yes, six months of bed open. Um, Council Falco. <clears throat> Thinking back, Mr. President, I do think the other restrictions that we put on it were uh, the license goes with the business and not the address, you know, the, the usual restriction protections that we usually put in place, but I'm not 100% sure. I think that that's what it was. But license goes yeah. with the goes with I don't recall. Ready for the roll call? Okay. Yeah. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli is absent. President Caraviello. Yes. Six in the affirmative, one absent. Motion passes. Thank you, sir. All right. Two, one. 363, City of Memphis, notice of public hearing. Public hearing will be held by the Memphis City Council via Zoom remote video conference on Tuesday evening, uh, June 1st, 2021, at 7 o'clock p.m. on a petition from Herb Chambers, BMW of Medford, under provisions of Chapter 148, Section 13 of the, of the General Laws of Massachusetts, for a flammable storage license to store one 1,000-gallon double wall tank of waste oil, two 500-gallon double wall tanks of fresh oil and one 3,000-gallon poly tank of washer fluid, one 300-gallon poly tank of waste coolant, one 125-cubic-foot oxygen tank, and one 80-cubic-foot acetylene tank at 60 Mystic Avenue, Bethlehem, Mass, and a commercial two C2 zoning district. A Zoom link for this meeting will be posted on May 27, 2021. Petitioners and plans may see in the office of the city clerk, city hall, Memphis, Mass. Call 781-393-2425 for any accommodations debates. Okay, where this is the public hearing. Uh, we open the uh, this part. All those in favor of this petition, uh, name and address of the record, please. 439 Washington Street. And you are in favor. Attorney for Thank the you. Chambers Company. Is there any else in favor of this? Hearing and seeing none, we close this part of the meeting. Is there anyone that is opposition to this? Anyone in opposition? Hearing and seeing none, we close that part of the hearing. All right, so. If yes, you, sir, if you would give us a, a, a synopsis of, of this uh, petition. Sure, Mr. President. Um, in connection with everything I've described in the previous uh, application for the operation of the uh, pre-owned uh, sales and also for the service, we have uh, obviously above ground uh, tanks for these uh, self-explanatory uh, fluids, the waste oil, the fresh oil, and uh, washer fluid. Uh, they're in a fluids uh, storage room. Uh, which is shown on the plans that have been filed with the building department. Uh, John Welch has been uh, involved intimately in the in the construction of this facility. So if there's anything to add, 
on the storage of these. I would just ask John to elaborate, but uh, what the president has described and read is exactly what we're storing in the fluids room um, in uh, appropriate tanks, uh, all state-of-the-art tanks uh, above ground. Thank you. Do we have any questions for the gentleman? Councilor Moreau. Thank you, Mr. President. So these are all new tanks. None of these were previously here. Yes, they're new tanks. John, correct me if that, if, if, if anything, but it sounds, it's, I'm sure it's all new. Okay. Um, Mr. Walsh, uh, uh, these are new tanks, correct? Yes, that's correct. And how often um, are they serviced, the ones that need to be serviced? John, would you be able to answer the counselor's question? How often? John, can you answer the question? I cannot, but Casey Richenberg might be able to. Uh, the tanks. Uh, I'm sorry, Casey Richenberg from the Herb Chambers Companies. Uh, the waste oil tank will be serviced once every two weeks to have the uh, waste oil removed. And the, uh, the other two fresh oil tanks will be serviced once every two weeks, having oil, new oil pumped into there. They get okay. maintained once a year to be checked over, but they get checked every two weeks. And when are they, like what hours are there? Is it during business hours? Is it early in the morning that this typically happens? All during business hours. Okay. Thank you. President. Council Mox. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, in the report from the chief of fire, it states that no obvious violations observed and it's pending final inspection. Um, we've, we've had this come up in the past, Mr. President, that uh, I, as one member of the council, would uh, um, like to see the final approval signed off prior to any issuance by this council. And we've discussed that in the past, Mr. President. I'm not sure why this is still the process that we're going through. Um, and also under the Board of Health, it said it needs final approval from fire and the building department. So is there a reason why we're approving this prior to final approvals from department heads? Uh, I cannot, uh, uh, I see Marianne O'Connor on here. I can, uh, I can get her opinion. Marianne? Marianne O'Connor? Hi, Marianne. Hi coming. Um, this isn't something that has been brought to my attention at this point. Um, so. Mr. President, if I may. I think I was. I think last time this came up, it was because they had to build it. They hadn't built it yet because they wanted to get the permits yeah. to move forward, and then they were going to build it. And then they were going to come and inspect it after it was built. Correct. And yeah. maybe uh, John can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding there's going to be new construction. It hasn't been constructed yet because they need the permits to build it. The the, yeah, and under, um, Mr. Ch Mr. President, if I might address it under uh, Chapter 148, I think it is the the. Uh, storage permit runs with the land and yes the fire department is always the 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 judge in the judgment of the fire department as to whether or not things are appropriate uh, but uh, I, I don't know what the report says but I would imagine that they find everything that is shown on the plan to be appropriate for the storage of these fluids well it it doesn't state that could we have um, perhaps an approval subject to, uh, you know, sign off or, uh, you know, verification by the fire department? 
John, when will we, if, Mr. I, President, if I could ask John Welch, uh, when, when the tanks will be installed? Our plan is to, to open by the middle of July. The tanks will be installed early July. So could we, could we, Mr. President, possibly have it, have an approval subject to the fire department uh, confirming the, uh, the compliance of the, of the tanks when they're installed? Mr. President, I, I have no problem with this particular one moving forward contingent upon uh, approval from uh, the police, I mean, the uh, fire department and the uh, building department. However, Mr. President, moving forward, I, I would ask that we have a meeting with uh, the chief of fire and the building commissioner to find out what process would better fit us so that we're not approving items that uh, haven't been signed off or at least uh, fully signed off by uh, and fully vetted by the departments that should be. Thank you. Uh, any further discussion? Okay, Chair, what's the motion? Uh, Vice President Knight. Seems like these are necessary and incidental licenses for the business license that we just uh, issued, and I would move for approval to pay. Uh, on the motion by Vice President Knight. Second. Aye. Yes, the, mo the motion is contingent on uh, all, the all the proper departments signing off on this. Second and by. Second by Council Moreau. <clears throat> Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli is absent. President Carabiello. Yes. Senior Affirmative, uh, one absent. Motion passes. Mr. President, motion to suspend the rules. Uh, Council Marks. So, so the report we received from the <clears throat> Chief of Fire dated March 1st. 2021. Final inspection. So if, if these tanks haven't been put in yet, then how will no obvious violations observed? What, what, what is the chief observing? I well, maybe observe what's already there. Uh, other than the tanks. Yeah, I, I think that's why we need to, to meet on this to find out what's going on, but not, not this particular one. I'll, I'll move, you know, we're moving forward with well, this one, but I, I think we have to find out the, the language of these reports. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Mr. you, sir. President. Thank you. Mr. President, move to, to move to suspend the rules to take up papers 21-202 and 21-388. Hold on a second. 21 Okay, uh, on the motion by Councilor Biz. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. For repair license, the class. No, you're all set with that one. The first okay, one's all set. The class two uh, and the pre-owned, the flammable. Yeah, that's all set. You're all set with that. And the special permit that the yeah, building is. Yeah, yeah. The, the first one's all set. Thank you. Other than you know, the, the, the conditions that were on there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Leave before we change them. Okay.
Uh, Councilman, what was the other paper you were looking for? Uh, 21-388. It's Councilor Scarpelli's first uh, motion. We have folks in the audience tonight. Okay, um, on the motion by Councilor Bear, seconded by Mr. Spend the Rules. Second. Seconded by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli is absent. President Carvillo. Yes. Uh, five in the affirmative, uh, one in the opposition, and one absent. Uh, motion passes. 21202 weekly updates from Director of Public Health Marianne O'Connor. Marianne. Hi, I'm here. Good evening, uh, Mr. President and members of the council. Um, I think, as you know, we've hit a milestone this week. So as uh, my update tonight, I, I, I'd kind of like to reflect on um, where we were 15 months ago and how far we've come. And I hope you will indulge me. I will try to keep my comments brief. Um, I remember in March of 2020, I was actually in the mayor's office discussing our response and emergency plans when I got the call. It was our first positive case who happened to be a student who had, we'd learned, just returned from Europe, had four plus roommates, had attended classes, visited other local universities and meetings, had attended a party, and had taken numerous Lyft and Uber rides. Over a hundred contacts had to be identified and notified. We spent the weekend reaching out to numerous health departments across the country, as many of the contacts had already left for home as the campus shut down. Then the Biogen conference hit and Medford had more positive cases and began to build from that event. This administration took action quickly and decisively to issue emergency orders weeks ahead of the state moving on what was to quickly become our pandemic crisis. April hit, and then our nursing home cases began to rise. I had many late night calls with our nursing home administrators in desperate need of PPE and staffing. I remember one call in particular when the administrator told me because of the strict requirements for those allowed <clears throat> to feed patients, she couldn't even feed patients as the administrator. And she was more worried about patients starving to death at that point due to the lack of qualified staff as they were either out from COVID or just not coming to work anymore. I relayed this information to the mayor. She quickly got the entire state delegation on a Zoom call and also alerted the Secretary of Health and Human Services. We were able to scramble and secure PPE as they needed. And because of our mayor's efforts, restrictions on a statewide basis for personnel allowed to feed, feed nursing home patients were revamped. And I don't think anyone knows that we did that. Or our mayor did that. We continue to fight for our nursing homes and again, I remember walking into the mayor's office and physically and emotionally breaking down after calling ER doctors to find out why patients were being sent to the ER and then sent back to the nursing home and hearing the words, 
there's nothing they could do. Again, the mayor showed incredible strength and resilience and put me back to work and refocused through support and compassion. And then picked up the phone and demanded assistance from the state. In May, we secured 5,000 masks and distributed them to the community at an event on Mother's Day weekend. And some of you were there. Uh, we, we received incredible help from our school nurses on contact tracing, but eventually had to hire additional help to keep up with the caseload. I also had to make the call to cancel graduation last year. And as the mother of a high school student, that was hard. But we were faced with cases and information that, in my opinion, made it impossible to know or not know if this could be a super spreader event. So I made the call. We fought, and when I say we, I don't just mean myself or my department, but this administration and this mayor for increased testing availability and with the help of Tufts secured for our teachers and eventually our students as well. We were leaders in the state on that effort, leaders in the state. The summer of 2020 was better until restrictions on the state level were loosened. And in the fall, we had to make tough decisions regarding trick-or-treating and Thanksgiving, and, and that was not easy, but necessary due to public health data. And again, this administration supported public health. And when, again, cases were climbing and information difficult, this administration made a difficult but right choice to go public and ask for the community's assistance to self-identify if at a particular event. This again was not easy decision, all popular, but necessary. Then the Christmas and New Year's holidays again oh, put us back and cases went through the roof as again, we fought to keep up and contact trace and enforce restrictions. I know my department tried to educate as opposed to enforce, but at times we had at the risk of being not liked or popular had to enforce. This has been an incredibly trying time for myself, my department and my family. Actually. And last year I remember being on a Zoom call when my daughter had her virtual Zoom prom and I wasn't there to help. Her older sister did. And when Emily walked down the stairs, I was literally on a Zoom call with the mayor and the administration and gasped because she looked so gorgeous. And last Tuesday, I was at her senior prom. So I'm sorry I wasn't here, but I wasn't going to miss that. Um, so 5,000 plus Cases later, I am so pleased to announce that over the last three days, we've had zero cases. We've come a long way. Restrictions have been listed, lifted. Gathering orders have been lifted. Mask orders have been lifted. But vaccinations are so important. We did our first Real Talk series last week. I hope people watch it. It's on um, our local uh, cable access channel. It's on our website. If you are hesitant, if you have questions about the vaccine, please watch that. 
we will be doing more. Please call our office. We do still have vaccines available. Um, you know, we vaccines are what we know are, are going to get us through this. Um, and I know some people are still hesitant. So um, I just hope that folks take advantage of getting the vaccine. If you're not vaccinated, you still need to wear a mask. If you're unvaccinated, you need to wear a mask. Um, if you're under 12 years old, you're not vaccinated, you need to wear a mask. So I, I know people have questions about the mattering. Um, outdoors, the restrictions are a little bit looser, but indoors, absolutely. If you're in large gatherings, even if you are vaccinated, the uh, advice would be to wear a mask. Uh, the, the vaccines are 95% effective, we know. Um, so to protect yourself and others, I would suggest still wearing a mask. Thank you for indulging me and uh, happy to take any questions. Thank you, Marianne. Uh, Councilor Biss. Thank you, Mr. President um, and Marion. I just want to thank you uh, for running us through um, the incredible difficult uh, work that you've been tasked with doing over the past year um, and the toll that it's taken on people who work for the city, uh, volunteers and your family. Um, you were able to keep us safe under incredibly difficult conditions uh, without the support that you needed from the federal and state government, constantly having to advocate for the basics. Um, and, and you did a great job. Uh, we owe you personally a deep debt of gratitude and thanks for what you've done and we are deepest respect. Um, so I just want to thank you very much again and for all the work you're going to continue to do over the next months uh, to keep us safe as we continue, hopefully to wrap up and wind down uh, with this pandemic. I have uh, two questions for you. Um, could you just... Uh, quickly go over what the current guidance is for, for public buildings, and then I'll ask my second question. So right now we're following the state guidance. We haven't put any additional restrictions on. What we're doing is that we strongly recommend that folks who visit municipal buildings continue to wear masks. Again, if you're vaccinated, uh, that restriction is lifted. You don't have to, but we still strongly recommend that you do. Um, if you're unvaccinated, which of course is really hard to, to enforce, oh no. Um, but if you are unvaccinated, you, you must wear a mask. Thanks, Marianne. Um, and that's one of the reasons I'm wearing a mask tonight, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Um, my second question is on next steps. I know there's, you know, we've done a really great job getting vaccines rolled out to our community. And I'm just wondering, uh, in addition to the real talk, uh, are there any other efforts that the city is undertaking to folks get uh, vaccinated who have not gotten, gotten a vaccine already? So, yeah, we are going to be holding our second dose uh, vaccine for on June 8th for the uh, 12 plus that we did at the Andrews. So that was that was great. That was like 260 plus folks, um, 12 plus. So that that's terrific. Um, we are holding an event at the West Medford Community Center on June 19th uh, in conjunction with their activities that day. Uh, we hope people come out to get vaccinated. Um, we are just really, you know, pushing and, and promoting. We have social media posts. We have website posts. We're asking people to contact us if they have questions. Um, 
you know, it's, uh, we're, we're continuing. And like I said, we still do have vaccine available. Um, so if, if folks are interested, please, please reach out. Thank you, Marianne. I just want to thank you again. And uh, I'm glad that you were able to take time with your family last week. Uh, and I look forward to the continued work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. They changed, they changed my name from Marianne to Weary Man. So that's where we're at. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Mr. President, and uh, thank you, Marianne, for being here and um, for your continue and ongoing leadership and just taking the time to share the hiring experience that you went through and really we all went through, but as is human nature, we're just quick to forget. Um, so again, I want to thank you and your team for really leading us through kind of really the darkest uh, 15 months that I think most of us have been through. And I think it um, sometimes it doesn't get said enough, but just the um, agility of your team to go from you know, in the early days, it's looking for PPE, and then it's contact tracers, and then it's testing, and then it's um, how to get vaccines. Um, so it's, it's really tremendous work. So I just have two questions um, to follow up about the um, Juneteenth event um, at the West River Community Center. I know they previously had a vaccine event. Is this a second dose event on the 19th, or people can go for their first dose that day as well? It's going to be both. Exactly. So yeah, folks who had come for their first uh, dose previously can come for their second, but we will also have first doses that day as well. Great. Thank you. Um, and what is our, remind me, what's our city, what's our vaccination rate in the city right now? Uh, we're, looking at around, we're looking at around 60% with at least one dose, um, which is, which is great, but it's not where we want to be. We want, we want more. So, um, so about 60% right now. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Marion. Thanks for taking the time to be here tonight. Councilor Balco. Thank you, President Caviello, and uh, thank you, Marion. Quick question. Um, so we're going to, are we still doing contact tracing at City Hall? Uh, yes, right now, through the end of the month, we are asking people to sign in with their with names and contact information. And we're, we'll reevaluate my, my, um, reasoning and, and the administration supported for doing that is just loosened up right all of the uh restrictions and um, i'm concerned or curious to know what what's going to happen a couple of weeks from now you know I'm, I'm i'm hoping that the vaccines are going to keep us where we want to be um but within a couple of weeks, we'll see what happens. Or by the end of the month, we'll see where we're at for case-wise. So for right now, people will still be required to sign in through June 30th. Um, and then we'll, we will reevaluate at that point based on our public health data. And if we do any type of contact tracing at the library? Um, right now, I, I don't think they are at this point, um, you know, at, because they, they had not had that incident because they hadn't really been operating. Um, but they are having stricter requirements around masks, particularly for children. Um, again, if you're under 12, you're obviously not vaccinated, so you should be wearing a mask. Um, and I know the library is instituting some stricter requirements around children and masks. So, to, I mean, it seems like there's a little bit of an inconsistency. I mean, wouldn't we have the contact tracing at the library as well as City Hall? I mean, there's people coming and going on a pretty frequent basis. I would think there would be a consistent policy with regard to that. Well, I know at the senior center, they're still going to be registering for classes and for programming um, going forward again through the end of the month. Um, but 
again, with the library, I, I'm, I'm blanking at this point, I'm sorry. But um, at this point, I don't believe they are. So, that, so it is inconsistent. They could be. I, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. I don't know. They might be. So we don't know um, if there's contact tracing at the library. Right. The, the administration does not know. Right now, uh, it's me. I don't know. You don't know. Okay. So we have contact tracing at City Hall. The administration knows that. Did the administration have that in place? Right. Because we've had that in place going forward. And the, and the administration does not know if there is contact tracing at the Method Public Library. Not the administration. Me right now at this point. Don't know. Representing the administration. I, I'll get you the answer tomorrow. I promise. I'll Thank find you. out. Council Box. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I'd like to thank Marianne and her office. I'd like to thank the administration for the past 15 months. Uh, I would also like to thank Mr. President, the 58,000 residents of this community over the past 15 months. Because if it wasn't for the residents, Mr. President, who stayed home when asked, who wore masks, who social distanced, who stayed away from loved ones for 15 months, what we're experiencing right now with these reduced numbers would not have been possible. If it wasn't for our first responders, Mr. President, that showed up to work on day one and never missed a beat, day one, police, fire, EMS, teachers, and we're out on the front lines. If it wasn't for the workers in the local stores, the restaurants that stayed open and had to change their businesses, in order to accommodate takeout orders and try to make ends meet, Mr. President. This is the cog in the wheel that made things happen. It was the people that made things happen. Because if you wait for city government, whether it was this government, the federal government or the state government, you'd be worse off, Mr. President. It was the people that made this happen. And I wanna thank the people of this community. I wanna thank the first responders the teachers, and every resident of this community that band together and did the right thing for 15 months, although it was very difficult. I want to thank the high school students last year that didn't get a graduation, Mr. President. One of the most important days of your life, graduating from high school, and they didn't get a formal graduation, Mr. President. I want to thank those students for bearing with us. This wasn't done by one particular person, one particular group, Mr. President. This was uh, an effort by everyone, we're united. And I think everyone deserves a pat on the back and a thank you, Mr. President. So I wanna make sure that that thank you goes out to the 58,000 residents in this community and all the first responders and every business owner in this community during trying times, Mr. President, when they were trying to make ends meet, and sometimes they felt like city government was against them, these small businesses. And sometimes the government was against the businesses, Mr. President. But they made it through. And I want to thank them as well. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Dr. <laughs> thank you, Councilor Marks. Um, uh, and Miriam, uh, for myself, I want to thank you and the administration. Uh, I want to thank Councilor Marks for that. Uh, he's uh, spot on again, as usual. Uh, thanking everyone in the community and everywhere around. Thank you, Councilor Marks, for that. 
Uh, who's much speak? Mr. Cassidy, where are you? Uh, okay. Um, the gentleman from uh, East Medford. Would you like to speak? President. Can you hear me? I can hear. Name the address of the record, sir. <clears throat> Andrew Castaneda, Christmas Street, East Medford, Massachusetts. Um, if I may, to the chair, I have one two-part question for the health director. The question is, in the city of Medford, 02155, how many total corona deaths are there? And how many were there in the nursing homes? Sorry, I, I couldn't really understand. I think the question was how many COVID deaths were there and how many were in the nursing homes? Correct. So, oh, okay, thank you. So um, we're just over 200 deaths here in Medford and approximately 110 were, were nursing home deaths. Thank you. Second. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli is absent. President Kirby. Yes, six and three hundred one absent vote. Two one three eight eight offered by Council Scarpelli and Council Marks. Be resolved that the Public City Council invite Derek Filio to our next scheduled meeting to present him with a citation and recognition of his accomplishment of being elevated to an Eagle Scout. Uh, unfortunately, Councilor uh, Scarpelli is not able to be here if he has a, a, a problem with his mother who's uh, ill. Uh, so, Councilor Marks. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. I want to thank uh, Councilor Scarpelli uh, for offering this resolution. Uh, Mr. President, uh, you know, uh, this doesn't happen often before the city council that, uh, you know, uh, we have residents in this community that rise to such a level that uh, deserves uh, recognition and honor. And truly becoming an Eagle Scout uh, deserves that honor, Mr. President. Uh, we have uh, Derek in the audience tonight with his uh, family. We would ask him to come to the podium. You're not going to get off that easy, Derek. If we could turn on his mic too, Mr. President. Thank you. Um, you know, it, it truly is an honor, Mr. President, uh, to, to rise to a level of Eagle Scout. The amount of effort, time uh, that is put in, Mr. President, not just by Eagle Scout, but uh, the family, because the family is involved in a lot of aspects of becoming an Eagle Scout, whether it's uh, trips into the, uh, the woods, Mr. President, or doing projects or public service and community projects. Uh, there's much involved that uh, involves the whole family. And I think that's what uh, being Eagle Scout is all about, is to have the camaraderie and uh, the, um, uh, you know, the, the family unit uh, together. And being Eagle Scout is truly a family unit. Uh, I would just ask, uh, Derek, if you can give us a little brief synopsis of your time uh, in uh, working up to the Eagle Scout 
what your community project was, because I know that's a requirement of the Eagle Scout badge. And if you could just give us a little tidbit about uh, the involvement. I know your parents are here, and I believe you might have a sibling here as well. Yes. Um, if you can just give us uh, a little synopsis. So it was over a six-year process from when I actually joined the Scouts, getting Eagle. Do that. There were many camping trips, uh, pretty much twi uh, two nights in the woods almost every month. Uh, some of the highlights were um, Mount Katahdin, which is one of the highest mountains in the uh, – it's the tallest mountain uh, Maine. Uh, we climbed that. It was a uh, six-hour total hike. And you were asking about the uh, project. So my project was in Otis Street. There was a uh, tree that was dying. It was becoming a uh, hazard to the uh, structures around it. So part of, part of the project was to actually remove that tree and also – in the hole where the uh, stump was, we put a dry well because in, uh, in the winter, all the uh, water from the roof of the uh, church on Otis Street would uh, start to melt and then freeze on the pathway. So we made a separate way for the water to go. So the, uh, especially a lot of the elderly people attending the church would not have to deal with the ice. Uh, it was over three weeks of actual work, like three weekends of actual work with uh, Hundred, uh, over 100 like combined hours uh, from scouts and parents. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. Uh, months of work just going into uh, preparation, having to get approved by, by the uh, uh, Eagle Scout Administration. It's a lot of paperwork. Can you tell us a little personal about yourself, schooling or any, anything that interests yes. What, what other interests do you have, Derek? So uh, I'm more of a hands-on guy. I'm not really a classroom guy. So I uh, joined the uh, medical vocational program. Excellent. And it actually, Scouts was part of it because uh, in Scouting, there's uh, merit badges you can take, which are like specific. It's teach you about specific things. One of them is the electrical merit badge. And I enjoyed it so much. I joined the electrical program in the vocational school, and I'm an electrician now. Uh, part of 103 IBEW. Uh, congratulations. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. That's great. I, I'm a proud graduate of the Method Vocational School as well. Uh, and your parents should be very proud. You seem like a great young gentleman, and I see great things in your future. Uh, you. And I know my colleagues have other things to, to add as well. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Derek, I just want to say congratulations. I know that uh, earning uh, the rank of Eagle is quite, quite a remarkable accomplishment. If you take a look at, um, if you just Google Eagle Scouts, you'll see a, it's a very, very impressive list of people that have earned that rank. And you're one of them now. You're part of that. It's an exclusive uh, group. And uh, uh, I'm very proud of you. I know uh, your parents are very proud of you. And uh, of course, it takes a lot of support from your parents and your family. And... Uh, and I just wanted to uh, just congratulate you on all the time, uh, the, the commitment, the dedication. It takes a lot of hard work and um, great job. Good luck in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Vice President Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. And uh, Derek, congratulations. Uh, this is certainly a accommodation you've earned. And um, I was speaking with your father earlier, and um, he said that if you ever want to go for a second uh, Eagle Scout badge, that um, he'd like you to fix the Winthrop Street uh, situation that's going on <laughs> as, uh, as, as part of your project. You know, that'll go 
a long way at the house. Uh, no, congratulations. I wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Uh, I think it's uh, great that you've uh, decided to join Local 103 and be a part of uh, Union Life. I too am a union member, and I can just tell you this. Um, you're stronger together, and uh, the benefits will certainly uh, be there for you in the long run, and your brothers and sisters in the union will be there for you, too. Uh, so congratulations on your work. Uh, you've uh, entered a new family now. You've uh, moved on from your Boy Scout family. You've entered the family of organized labor. So congratulations. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Council Mayors. Thank you, Mr. President. Derek, I just want to echo my colleagues and say congratulations. I was able to work on uh, two of my friends' Eagle Scout service projects when we were all in high school together, and I know how much work goes into that. Um, and I also know the area you're talking about on Otis Street. So uh, it's a great project for our community. Um, and exactly what Councillor Knight said, uh, I think this is great for your future. And I really wish you the best and your family the best uh, as you become an electrician. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I'm Les Bull of our Seagull Scouts and some of my colleagues, but I did have some friends who reached the level growing up. And I know it's something that you don't reach without dedication and stick to which are um, really great qualities. So you definitely have those. And I just want to share uh, with my fellow counselors and say congratulations on, on such a tremendous achievement. Thank you. Thank you, Osra. And Derek, you should be proud of yourself and your family should be very, very proud of you. Uh, something in the Mephi water where we, we produce Eagle Scouts. We, I've done a lot of these, and uh, again, you should be very proud of doing this. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a great accomplishment for you and your family. Uh, we have a citation for you this evening, uh, but the sponsor was, was Council Scott probably is not here to sign it. Uh, we will, if you want to take it, we'll take a picture with you with it, and and uh, we'll send uh, the clerk will have Council Scott probably sign it, and we'll send it to your house. That sounds great. Thank you. Right. Yes, uh, motion uh, motion by Vice President President Knight to recess. Seconded by Councilor Marx. So quick, please call the roll. Yes. 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 Yes.
plate to reconvene. Second and by Councilor Falco. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. <laughs> to reconvene, <laughs> Councilor Bears. Yeah, you don't need to. Never mind, you don't need to. Read. We're not in session. Um, good evening. Name of the record, please. My name is uh, Bob Penta, former member of the Saugus Party. And I would be remiss not to come up here because, uh, as a prior member of the Smithford City Council, I think it was only on three separate occasions that I had the honor of recognizing a young gentleman who became an Eagle Scout. Tonight, it's a distinct pleasure because, in today's day and age, you don't even hear of the term of an Eagle Scout, you don't hear about the dedication that a young man would put into doing something positive, not only for the community, but for himself, recognizing he needs to be a success for the future because that's what this is all about. Being self-made and going forward, being a graduate of the vocational school, that's great. Going into the electrical department, that's great. Being an electrician, that's great. But the one thing that everyone seems to be missing today about youngsters, whether they're male or females, is the fact that they have this self-worth of wanting to do something that benefits the community. And just by looking at him and looking at the six years that it took him and his family that's here, it's a proud moment. And not only is it a proud moment, it speaks well for the city of Medford. You don't hear too much about scouts today in the news. If anything, you may hear some more negative than positive. But this gentleman represents the positive part of what our city is all about. <clears throat> It represents why Medford is what it is, because they have the ingredients, the intelligence, and the drive of a good, young, honest man who wants to make not only his life better, but our city of Medford better. So like I said, I would be remiss not to come up here and say that because I think this is a distinct honor, not only for this gentleman, but also for the city of Medford. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks so much. Two one three eight nine. What? Do I have to vote on that resolution? No, we don't. Yeah, we're going to revert back to it. Two one three eight nine. Offered by Councilor Scott Pelly. Is that uh, if we can table that till next week when Councilor Scott Pelly will, will be back? Move to table. Second. Uh, the motion by uh, Council Mark, seconded by Vice President Knight. Mr. Clerk, please call the motion to the table. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli is absent. President Caraviello. Yes, six in the primary, one absent. Motion passes. 21390, offered by Councilor Falco, being resolved that the administration provide a, a full list of entities that the sealer of weights and measures monitors the date of last inspection in an expiration of seal. Councilor Falco. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, during my four, uh, past four visits to get gas for my car, uh, I've looked at the seal on the gas pump that indicates the date when the pump was last inspected by the city's sealer of weights and measures. Frankly, I've been shocked by how long it has been since these pumps were looked at by the city's sealer of weights and measures. In some cases, it has been as long as three, four years. For people who don't know, the city stealer of weights and measures is the city employee appointed by the mayor who checks the accuracy of pumps at the gas station, scales at food stores, in the deli or produce departments, or anything that a merchant uses to measure goods that are being sold to the public. If these pumps or scales are not accurate, 
the customer will pay more for the gas that they buy for their car or the fruit or cold cuts that they buy for their family. Pumps and scales that have been unchecked or not properly calibrated by the city ends up with people paying more than they should pay. And what is worse, they will never know it. Anytime this happens, it is obviously unfair. But if it happens because the city has not done its job, it shows a callous disregard for a hardworking residents. So Mr. President, in addition to the requesting a full list for entities that zero, in addition to requesting a full list for entities that sealer of weights and measures monitors in the date of last inspection and, and expiration of seal, I also ask that the mayor advise this council who the sealer of weights and measures is and when he or she began in that position. This is something that, you know, even with COVID could have been done. And as far as I can tell, and I've traveled to numerous gas stations throughout the city, just to do my own research, I went to probably six to eight gas stations and they're all expired. This needs to be looked at. And I also believe that this is a revenue source for the city that they're not taking in. So this is lost revenue to the city, but it is completely uh, just unfair to the taxpayer that actually buys gas on a regular basis. And we all do that. So on that, uh, I would like to move approval. Thank you. Thank you. Second. Uh, Second by, by uh, Councilor Pierce. Uh, Vice President Knight. Uh, Mr. President, thank you very much. Um, when I saw this on the agenda, it sparked my interest and I did a little bit of uh, snooping around. And um, what I've been able to determine, Mr. President, is that this position has been vacant since March of 2020. That's 15 months that this position has been vacant. Now let's think back to March of last year. Well, Marianne O'Connor might be able to do it for us. She gave us a great rundown of what's happened since March of last year. So since March of last year, we have not had a sealer of weights and measures in this community to protect consumers from price gouging, to protect consumers from greed, to protect consumers from operators that aren't doing the right thing. And when you think about what the sealer of weights and measures does, it's not only at the gas station, it's when you put your food on the scale at the supermarket, Mr. President. So this is a serious issue here. This is a very serious issue. This position should have been filled. It's budgeted, it's budgeted, it should have been filled. We have an ordinance for it, but it's being paid by a stipend. To who? Does anybody know? Nobody knows, Mr. President. It's another example of transparency at its finest. Thank you, uh, Vice President May. Uh, Council Marks. I, I wanna thank uh, Councilor Falco for bringing this up. <coughs> this is a very important <coughs> subject. Um, you know, and when it comes to uh, the residents of this community, uh, I think everyone should uh, at least rest assured that um, if they are getting gas or using one of our uh, measurement devices in any stores, that at least uh, they're paying what they should be paying, Mr. President. So I, I think this is a, a worthy uh, thing to track. I would also ask, Mr. President, I, I believe as part of the weights and measures position that they also check the octane of the gas and they have the ability to check the octane. And that's also another issue, Mr. President, I'm not saying it's happening currently, but when you're paying a higher premium for a higher octane gas and you're not getting that, that's another thing that uh, you know the city is supposed to be checking to make sure that uh, you're receiving what you're paying for, Mr. President. So this is a job that's little known. You don't hear much about it, but it's a very important role in our community, Mr. President. Um, and I think it's something that we should get a, an update immediately on uh, in the interest of uh, not only the consumers, but in the interest of 
uh, knowing, Mr. President, that all our department heads uh, are working and everyone's doing their job, Mr. President. Thank you. Mr. President, on that? Thank you, Council Marks. And um, for me? Uh, Vice President Knight. And, and Council Marks is exactly right. This is a very important position. It's such an important position that there's actually a state agency that oversees it, the Division of Standards. All right. It's such an important position that sealers and weights and measures are mandated in communities, Mr. President. So this isn't just the job that, you know, the council wants and we can't have. This is something that we need to keep our residents safe and to keep our consumers protected. Thank you, Vice President Mr. President. Council Marks. I forgot to mention also, too, that the oil trucks that are located, there are many oil businesses in the city of Method, they have to go to the city of Somerville to get their uh, trucks checked, Mr. President, which is usually done by uh, weights and measures uh, in every community. So that's another thing that uh, we're sending outside of the community. And as Councilor Falco mentioned, rightfully so, revenue is going outside of the community. And, uh, you know, that's something that we should be mindful of. Thank you. Thank you. Council Falco. To find out how much the, uh, what the fee is for each of the inspections. So gas inspections, scale inspections at the supermarket. If I get a meant to include that. Thank you. So on the motion by Councilor Falco as amended by Councilor Falco and seconded by Vice President Knight, Mr. and two amendments by Councilor Falco. Uh, Mr. Clark, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli is absent. President Caraviello. Uh, six in the affirmative, uh, one absent. Motion passes. Two, one, three, day one, offered by President Caraviello. It's so resolved that the administration reached out to Battle Boston while putting a, a small dock in its located at, Condon, at the Condon Shell as mitigation as the city of Bedford receives no fees from them. Um, I don't know, but during the summer, uh, kayaking and canoeing and paddleboarding uh, has, has gotten very, very popular down on, uh, on the river there. A lot of people are doing it now. Uh, Paddle Boston has been there, I think, three to four years now. And it's a shame that when you get on there, these people got to walk through a little cut through in the bushes. I, I, I don't understand why uh, Paddle Boston doesn't put a, a small dock down there so people don't have to, so they can at least walk up to a dock and get on the boat without, without having to walk through the mud and, and just walk through the bushes. So uh, if the administration could uh, reach out to them and say, uh, they, they pay no fees, uh, so some uh, sort of mitigation. Uh, so at least the people that, that do the kayaks and the, and the canoes and, and boats can, uh, can actually get on, the, uh, on, the, on their, their boats uh, correctly. I think it's a safety issue too, Mr. President. And, and, and probably a safety issue. So on the motion. Second. Second by Council Marks. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli is absent. President Carviello. Yes. The affirmative motion passes. Two one three eight one. <clears throat> Petition for a grant of location, Verizon New England Inc. Underground cables and fixtures, Bedford Mass. You are hereby notified by all the Bedford City Council. A public hearing will be given by a Zoom at seven o'clock p.m. Tuesday, June first. 2021, a link posted no later than Thursday, May 27th, on a petition from Verizon, Oregon. 
Uh, motion by Council Marks to uh, waive the reading and, and, and a synopsis uh, from uh, the representative Verizon. Seconded by Council Falco. Mr. Quick, please call the roll. Council Beers. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scarpelli is absent. President Carvillo. Yes. Six and motion passes. Do we have somebody from uh, Verizon online yet? Yes. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, Richard Foreman. Yes, Richard Foreman, representing Verizon New England. Yes, Richard, name and address of the record, please. Uh, um, yes, so this is a uh, great location for two new four-inch conduits. Richard, name and address of the record, first. Yes, Richard Foreman, Verizon New England. Do you have an address? Oh, uh, yes, uh, 21 Oxford Road, Mansfield, Massachusetts. Thank you. If you can give us a brief synopsis, please. Yes, uh, this is placement of two new four-inch conduits from existing utility pole 3311 Boston Road, extending 54 feet in a northeasterly direction to the property line of the Boston and Maine Railroad Terminal Division. This is um, to provide underground uh, uh, communication services to the Green Line Extension Project. Okay. And that's it? That's it. Mr. President. Council Falco. Thank you, Mr. President. A uh, couple of quick questions. When will the work take place? Uh, if the petition is, is granted, uh, generally the, uh, the construction is scheduled uh, between two and four weeks out after the petition has been secured. Um, so, I mean, then... Um, the uh, Verizon uh, contractor would have to get out in the field and, and um, you know, so within probably the next month or so after the petition is granted. And how long will the work take to complete once, uh, once you're on site? Uh, this would probably be a one to two day project. It's, it's very sh a very short run of conduit. Um, you know, uh, it, might, it may even be just a day. Um, if, if the road ever had to have... Um, any sort of closure, obviously, there would be, uh, I mean, closure, meaning um, if, if there were needed to be like one lane during work, uh, steel plates would be uh, utilized, et cetera. Uh, but this is, again, this is a very short run of conduit. Um, you know, I could see that this, this work being completed in a day's time, maybe two days maximum. And are the, uh, are the poles permanent? Uh, this isn't, a, yes, this is a permanent telephone pole. It's, it's a uh, utility pole. Thank you. Council Bears. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, in one of the conditions, it mentions that uh, there will be an interim period between the trench patch and the final restoration of the road surface and the sidewalk. How long do you expect that will be? Um, I, I am I'm not sure. Is uh, this project supposed to receive an entire um, sidewalk and roadway restoration as part of the the green line extension project that is what the condition says i was just wondering if you had any idea um I, i'm not i'm not sure but um anytime that the road or sidewalk is disturbed there is a complete uh restoration that is done um it won't be a temporary uh cold patch or anything it will be completely restored um to its best possible specification 
Well, this condition says that there will be temporary markings painted during the inter interim period between trench patch and final restoration. So um, there will be clearly some sort of gap where we will have a temporary patch. Yes, there will be a temporary patch. I just don't, I don't know the exact time frame of the temporary patch to when a final rest, uh, road restoration would be. Um, if I had to guess, this is probably part of the, um, the roadway restoration is, is probably part of the, uh, the new station being built. Um, so, you know, the, the utility work with the, the conduits going in, um, would strictly be, you know, to get the conduits in the ground into their specifications for having vehicles travel over the, the conduit and obviously having, um, you know, an asphalt cold patch put in so that it wasn't, you know, dirt or plates or anything in the road. Um, but I, I do not have a, uh, an accurate construction schedule for roadway refinishing or anything like that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Councilor Pelco. Thank you, Mr. President. I have one additional question. Do we know if there are any uh, plants put 5G on those telephone balls? Uh, that I am not sure of. Um, I do know that Verizon is actively uh, working on building 5G. I'm not quite sure about Medford in particular. Um, I personally am not working on the 5G project in Medford um, or in that area, but um, it, 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 is this a question of whether the pole is safe to have 5G on it or if it needs to be replaced? I, I just wanted to know, if, I just wanted to know if, we got, if there are any plans to put 5G on that telephone pole. And if you could, if you could get back to us with that, if you do not have the answer. Uh, yes, I could certainly uh, look into that. Um, it's not information I have uh, right now at my fingertips, but I can, I can inquire about that. Thank you. Thank you. Any further questions? Vice President Knight. Um, Mr. President, um, March 1st, <coughs> I reached out to uh, my superintendent of lights and lines, Mr. Stephen Rendazzo, and I made a request of him to remove the double pole located at 3577, uh, double pole number 3577, located at the corner of Greenleaf Avenue and Burgett Avenue. And uh, after reviewing the location, Mr. Rendazzo reported back to me, there was no city-owned utilities that are on that pole that need to be removed. Um, as such, it will be on the utility companies to get this double pole removed. And uh, he referred to both Verizon and National Grid, and he put a request in for that work to be done. To date, this work has not been performed, Mr. President. I would ask that this paper be tabled until such time as the double pole located on the corner of Burgett Ave and Greenleaf Ave be removed and replaced. Second. On the motion by Vice President Knight, uh, seconded by Councilor Falco. Uh, Council Max. Uh, if we could, uh, like to also ask uh, Verizon, how many double poles are they on currently? Uh, so moved. Oh, on the motion by Vice President Knight, seconded by Councilor Falco, as amended by Councilor Max. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. To table as amended. Council Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli is absent. President Caraviello. Yes, 16 affirmative. Motion passes for table. <clears throat> Communications from the mayor. 21387, May 26, 2021. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
Yeah, Mr. President, City Council, I, I respectfully re request and recommend that your honorable body approve the following loan order. City of Bridge loan order, water bonds. Be it, be it ordered that $1,222,000 is appropriate for the purpose of making improvements to the city's water system, including constructing and reconstructing water mains and other costs incidental and related thereto to meet this appropriation. The treasurer, with the approval of the mayor, has authorized to borrow said amount pursuant to Chapter 44, Section 8, Number five of the Mass General Laws, or, and or pursuant to any other enabling authority, and to issue bonds or notes of the city thereafter, that the treasurer, with the approval of the mayor, is authorized to borrow all or a portion of such amount from the Massachusetts Water Authority, pursuant to MWRA's local water system assistance program, and in connection therewith, to enter into a loan agreement and/or financial assistance agreement with the MWRA, and to accept any grants for the project from the MWRA that the amount of the authorized borrowing shall be reduced by the amount of any such grants received from the MWRA. And further on, that any premium received by the city upon the sale of any bonds or notes approved by this order, lest any such premium applied to the payment of costs of issuance of such bonds or notes may be applied to the payment of costs approved by this order in accordance with Chapter 44, Section 20 of the General Laws, thereby reducing the amount authorized to be borrowed by to pay such costs by a like amount. And be it further resolved that the treasurer is authorized to file an application with the appropriate official of the Commonwealth of Mass to qualify under Chapter 44A of the, of the general laws, any and all bonds that the city is authorized to, to be borrowed pursuant to this loan and provide such information and execute such documents as such officials of the Commonwealth may require in connection therewith. Very truly yours, Mayor Brianna Lungo Grant. Vice President Knight. Uh, Mr. President, I would like to offer a motion to refer this matter to a committee of the whole so that the council can be able to properly vet the neighborhood infrastructure and financial impacts and aspects of this loan order. Thank you. Council Falco. Is there anyone off from the administration to answer questions? Is there anyone from the administration here to answer some questions? Uh, Tim McGibbon. Tim, do we have any questions oh. for Tim? Hi, Hello, Tim. Brother. Yep, I'm here. Tim, where is this located? So this is, um, the, the plan would be to do six water mains with this uh, money. Union Street, Metcalf Street, Brookings, Golden Avenue, Vista, and Guild. So those are, our, those are undersized uh, old six-inch pipes that are leaky, unlined, uh, and they are scheduled to be replaced. So these would be upgrades to those lines. Thank you. Uh, Mr. President, thank you. Uh, Mr. McGibbon, thank you very much. And I would second uh, Council Knight's um, motion to uh, table, to move to uh, committee the whole meeting. Thank you. Council Box. Uh, thank you, Mr. President. And I'm not sure if uh, our city engineer can answer some of these questions, but uh, I would ask that uh, when we do meet, that these questions uh, be answered prior to that, Mr. President. One is uh, how much do we have in the retained earnings for water and sewer enterprise accounts? Last time I believe there was over 5 million in those accounts. And uh, those accounts are used, Mr. President, for infrastructure improvements. And this would be an infrastructure improvement. So I'm not sure why we would borrow when we have 5 million in raised money currently sitting in an account 
for such purposes. Uh, my other question, Mr. President, is uh, the MWRA uh, program, assistance program, used to provide 0% finance uh, loans to low cities and towns. I believe that is uh, still ongoing. And I would ask for the last three years, if Method has uh, utilized the allocation that we would be given for 0% finance loans for infrastructure improvements. And if so, how much has been used and for what projects? And the city administration is also referring to grants. Is there an active grant that the city is pursuing now in which they proceed will pay for this particular loan order? And if so, I'd like to know what the grant is uh, that's out there, Mr. President, and if the city plans on applying. Thank you. Any further questions? No, on the motion by Vice President Knight. Seconded by Second. Councilor Falco, Second. As, as amended by Councilor Max. Square, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli is absent. President Carvillo. Yes. Seeking the affirmative. Uh, one absent motion. Uh, Tim, I'm going to I'm going to schedule this for uh for the for the for Tuesday evening. Uh, before the council meeting, because uh, we will be starting our budget hearing. So, uh, if you could, make sure Mr. President, I'm sorry, um, the council does have a section of the budget where we discuss debt service, and we could also probably do this in that at the same time if yeah. that would uh, appease so, the council to till two, two but one stone, as they say. Okay. So, if, if you could have the appropriate questions answered, it'd be appreciated. Yep, I'll, okay. I'll uh, get those answered for you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What was the, the Tuesday evening, correct? Was it uh, time Tuesday, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, communication with the mayor again. Um, okay, let me get all this. Uh, Mr. Clark, I think that's it. Reports of committees. Uh, reports of the committees. 2-1. I'm saying 2058, May 27, 2021, Committee of the Whole. Uh, this was an ongoing report uh, regarding uh, zoning, and uh, we'll be meeting again uh, uh, on Thursday, regards to this, uh, the motion to approve. Move approval. Uh, motion by Council Bears to approve. Seconded by. So moved. Seconded by Vice President Knight. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Council Bears. Yes. Council Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morell. Yes. Council Scarpelli is absent. President Carvillo. Yes. Motion passes. Uh, before we go to public participation, uh, just a little bit of cleanup uh, on 21388. We never actually took a roll call vote on uh, for the Eagle Scout for the thing that. Um, so if we uh, on the motion by two one three by Councilor Mark, seconded by second, second by Councilor Bears. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears, yes. Councilor Falco, yes. Vice President Knight, yes. Councilor Marks, yes. Councilor Morell, yes. Councilor Scarpelli is absent. President Carvillo, yes. Six affirmative. Motion passes. Mr. President. Uh, if I may, uh, can we have received, received a response from the administration with regard to KP law and the 40B projects? I know we. I have not seen it, uh, Council Falco. I know we've asked for it on multiple occasions. In our packets this evening, Mr. President. Is it, is oh. it, the, is it the packet? Um, Did you get it tonight? On the one that was here? It says referred to KP law. 
Is there a, is so there apparently a they don't know. We have to talk to KP Law. Uh, yeah, so, th so that is, if I'm correct, that's the latest, the latest resolution has been referred to KP Law. So we don't have a number. Hmm? There's no figure. There's no figure. But I mean, the, the other resolutions, we haven't received any response back. Am I correct? That's correct. And, uh, unless I, I haven't seen it, unless, unless I've missed it. And, and, and it's, been, it's been months, if I'm correct. I'll ask my other counselors if they've missed it, but I haven't seen it myself. Okay. Well, I don't know where it is. Point of information, Mr. Point of information, uh, Vice President So the, the counselor asked about the, 40, the 40B projects, and we did get a response in Africa's this evening for that, it says that it's referred to KP Law for an update to the city council. So we asked the administration to give us an update and they sent it to the outside council. Um, but then I think there's another paper that was also out there and it was how much money we pay an outside council to do this type of work. Correct. And I don't think we've gotten that response yet either. So I'm not, I think I was confused when, when you talked about the 40Bs. I thought you were talking about the 40Bs, not the... Uh, not the other paper, not the other four, four or five papers that the council had passed requesting how much money that uh, we've been spending. And I think we here. also asked for the cost of legal on Boston Avenue also. Yeah, okay. Those, I think Co those correct. You, you, yes. this, is, this has been going on for yes. months now. Months. Uh, for months. We've asked numerous times that we've got nothing back. I mean, we've asked the administration at least, I think, four times. Yes. We've asked them. We've asked them at least four, I think. Do they five get to pick which ten? <laughs> There's 365 to choose from. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've asked at least four times to provide the council with a breakdown of how much uh, the the, uh, the administration has spent with KP law, with regarding 40B projects, other projects. I know that other councilors have done. I mean, I've made a number of resolutions myself. I know we had a joint resolution, I believe. Councilor Morella has had resolutions. I think everyone behind this rail has had resolutions with regard to this same matter. You know, we've been told that, you know, the budget will be coming to us next week. It'll be coming to us in a few days. My concern is that how can the mayor expect this council to act on a budget, which is her plan for the anticipated expenditures for the next fiscal year if she cannot inform the council of the actual expenditures that she has made during the past fiscal year. This has been ongoing. We've asked numerous times. It makes no sense for the council to wait for a response. That experience tells us will never come. This council and our taxpaying residents deserve more. Since our request for simple financial information is being ignored, it's my intention to file a public records request for this information. And it's Thank sad, you. it's absolutely sad that we have to do this because we should have had the information by now. We've given them ample opportunity to provide the information and they have refused. I will also request a breakdown of the amount of money that the administration expended to have KP Law represent us in land court to take the position that use variances are not allowed in the city of Medford. The mayor is well aware of the 2016 opinion of former city solicitor that use variances are permitted in the city of Medford. I'd like to know how much the administration spent in court in its field attempt to defend a clearly baseless position. By using the public records law, I will either finally receive a response, or we will all receive a response to the resolutions that we have filed. And if not, we will see, I will seek uh, the intervention of the Secretary of State's office. It's come to that point. We have a budget coming to us, but yet we're getting absolutely no data when asked. 
We deserve more. The community deserves more. Thank you. Thank you, Council Robin. On that point, Mr. President, I think, uh, uh, Vice President Knight, you know, this isn't the first time that the Council's had to use the tools of the Freedom of Information Act in order to attain information from the administration. Um, and it, I find it curious that every time the information that we're looking for surrounds uh, the Copeland and Page Law Firm, that we have to go down this road. Um, just maybe a year or so ago, um, I put a resolution on asking for copies of the Warren articles each month. Um, you know, we, we have a big financial responsibility here in this community to approve a budget. Once we approve the budget, are we done with it? No, absolutely not. We should know where that money's being spent. And that's what the Warren articles is. It's an actual document that, in, that shows us where the money's being spent. Um, we have to fight for that document, Mr. President. And we didn't get it until, I think, January of this year. We got eight months worth of Warren articles after begging and pleading and crying for it. We didn't get it. We filed the Freedom of Information request and we got it. And I believe then we had some questions concerning um, payment of claims over $2,500 out of the legal department. And we couldn't get any answers surrounding those questions. So I'm a little confused as to why there's so much secrecy and such a, a veil of uh, secrecy surrounding KP Law and their operations here in the city and the role that they play here in the city, because I'm very confused by it. When we asked the city solicitor for opinion, they said they sent it to KP Law. Well, that's not what we asked you to do. Our city ordinance is very clear. The city solicitor gives the opinion. That's what controls and dictates. She's the only one that has the legal authority to do such, not KP Law. So when KP Law offers an opinion, it's not even worth the paper it's written on because she's not the statutory, they don't have the statutory authority to write it. Um, so I'm very confused as to what's going on, Mr. President, um, with the administration in terms of um, this lack of transparency when it comes to spending and uh, fiscal accountability. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. Name and address for the record, please. My name is Jean Nuzzo. I live at 35 Paris Street. Um, again, I just would like to remind everybody, as well as those watching, the use variance claim was come about by the Locust Street project that was oversized, that residents fought to get more realistically sized, which comes with its own loopholes in the agreement and settlement that you all came to. So we were in court over use variance because it was up for discussion because particular councilor members- the use variance that the council is talking about to do with uh, the Titan gas station property, not yes, 61 absolutely. Locust Street. And um, the speaker keeps saying, we, we, we. And I'm wondering if who's we? Is she a, a employee of the administration? Is she on a board or a commission for the administration? Or does she practice some sort of official government role? We, as in we the people, the residents of Medford asked for that to be done because there was some discussion about whether use variance was allowed because there is a conflict that was in the codified document that was on file. That is what occurred. It was brought forward and that was the initial, you can shake your head no, but- it, 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 it was, The court, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the court said that we, we had no status in the case. Yes, recently that was the ruling, was the but ruling. the reason it went to court is because there was some discussion about it. And an opinion is Mr. just that, an opinion. Vice President Knight, that's not accurate. This council remedied that, that, that misclarification. The city solicitor put out an opinion saying that it was a Scribner's error, that Correct. these variances were allowed. And then this council went and took a vote and adopted the city solicitor's opinion and corrected the Scribner's error. 
And that was well before this administration took place and well before this administration appointed the um, alternate that made the decision as chairman on the Titans gas station project. Point of information. Point of information by Council of None of this is on the agenda. I think we should stop discussion there. Thank you. Could I request a copy of that information to be sent because that is not my recollection and I don't have a date of that occurring. And I was following very closely. How would I go about doing? You could ask the, uh, the law department for a- So I have to go through the law department for a FOIA to get that information. Yes. It's incorrect, but I'll do it. Thank, Thank you. you. 2016, Jim. Thank you. Public participation. Public participation, Jose Bigloni, 444, 446, Charles Street, Malden, Mass. Joseph A. Biglani would like a discussion of public participation about public accommodation. A Please place of public accommodation as defined in Mass General Law, Chapter 272, Section 892A, includes any place open to and serving the public. Good evening, gentlemen Good evening. and ladies. Name address the record, please. Uh, yes, Joe Villion, 446 Charles Street, uh, Malden, Mass. 0248. I'll be sending a proposal to the mayor to open up public accommodation television station in the center of town. Now, this is something Mayor McGlynn's tribunal offered up. And the reason I do this is, um, it's great that there's a station at the high school, and that's good for the students, and it's good for the city council, but it's critical with 154 days to the election that candidates get their own programs. Um, without this, it's tilted towards the incumbents on the school committee, on the city council, and even the mayor. So I think it's very important that since the students kind of get first dibs on the TV station and the city council gets a lot of attention from the station manager, I think it's really important and it can be done very quickly, quick build out because we can now put cameras out there that travel over the cell phone wires. Uh, it's not a deal anymore. But a little shop somewhere in Medford where people can go in and there's no uh, quarry check for, for candidates for public office, because I think that's a little crazy too. It, it should be suspended for candidates for public office because it's intrusive. And if someone's going to run for office, I don't think there should be an advantage that someone might see a quarry and tell someone, oh, that person running for office. You know, um, I mean, we know there's a situation with one of the other bodies here in, in Medford that no one knew someone was, uh, you know, not only up and up, never told. Uh, he, he did his time, but the problem was he never told the public. So the public was not informed of this individual and I voted for that person when I lived in Medford. So the other thing, and there's only three issues, I'll be rather brief. Um, the, like we don't have a city charter that, that's renewed, the policies and procedures are antiquated. They need to be updated. I'd be happy to help the mayor. Uh, I got a little bit of experience starting in 1979. Um, it would be good to update, just as we need to update the city charter, we need to have updated policies and procedures. They're antiquated, they're, they're wrong for public accommodation. And that's why I put the law down. I thank you, Council President, for reading it. Uh, but it, it's, I mean, this is a democracy, this is America. I don't wanna feel like I'm in Texas and, and voter rights being stripped. And I believe public access TV is something pivotal to an election. Uh, it, 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 it clears up the council chambers where you don't have to listen to me. I could be on the access station saying the same thing. But here we are, and I would rather be there, guys and gals than here. Uh, so it's just logical. We really need to do this for an election. It is, uh, it's somehow 
um, it keeps the voters and the candidates from having access. So I'm not asking the council to vote because the mayor is the issuing authority. So this is going to the mayor. Uh, it's a proposal. And I thank you for letting me put this idea out there in the general public. Thank you. Thank you. Any further public participation? Good evening, name and address of the record, please. My name is Robert Penta, Zero Summit Road, Method Mass, former member of the Saugus Party. Last week, we had an interesting conversation that you started, Mr. President, regarding this little bit of an island that supposedly has found its way at the corner of Woburn and High Street and Hastings Lane. I spent some time during this past week, once again, speaking to bus drivers, members of our fire department, as it relates to the question that I believe the council asked, and I don't think any of you ever got the answer. Whose idea was it to authorize to put that island there in the middle of the street? And if you can just anticipate, as bus drivers do, and as a fire truck would do, in an emergency snowstorm, whatever it might be, just take one of those big tankers that deliver gas. And in the wintertime, if in fact they happen to be coming down the street and there's some ice or whatever it might be, what about the bike people where the bike lane no longer exists anymore and it's not to be found? And if they ever decide to put that bike lane in the middle of the street in between the, the two islands that are there, not the single one, the two islands there, you've got a real serious problem. So my question to you, Mr. President, is, is the city uh, engineer, is he still online? Um, I had, we had, that was my, it was, that was my motion to, uh, request a, how the city, uh, how the city, uh, engineer let that happen. Right. And um, then so we, uh, traffic engineer let that happen. Uh, do we get I an answer? I did not see a response to my package. Is he still online? Can we ask the question? Um, the traffic engineer is not online. What about the city engineer? He I'm quite sure an engineering, he's an engineering plan has to take place to put that in. Uh, unfortunately he's not online. So with that being said, Mr. President, they continue to keep going on and doing work. If you just take a look at the idea, if in case there's an emergency, and the fire truck has to make it down that street and make that left-handed turn in a, in a snowstorm, you, you, you're gonna, you, you have a problem just facing you. You've got a bump out coming out there on the corner of Woburn and, and High Street, and it's just, you know, how do you allow things like this to happen? I'm not saying the council. I would hope that the council would make a, a concerted effort to have the city stop that process and actually go out there and look at it, okay? That path coming down on the corner of Hastings, and I, you've seen it, we, we've talked about this, uh, Hastings and High, that thing is so narrow, it, it's an accident waiting to happen. And, and is that what the city has to do, wait for the accident to happen? Correct it before that even happens. And the, the island shouldn't be there. As a matter of fact, they're keeping both islands there. So, I mean, whoever comes up with bad enough going down High Street, toward West Memphis, right near opposite the Brooks School, there's a bumper right in front of somebody's house. It makes no sense. Who, who comes up with these ideas? I mean, it would be nice, you want to talk about public safety, that's okay. It would be nice to maybe have the council think about it or have them involved with it. And I don't know if these are state people, I don't know if these are city contractors, or if this is the city itself that's doing it. But between the bump outs and that section right there, right there on the corner of High Street, Hastings Lane, and Ruben Street. That is a disaster waiting to happen. And I would hope this council takes an aggressive action and holds the city accountable and not continue further with that and get rid of that island. It just makes no sense at all. You'd have to be a complete moron not to understand coming down High Street, that road is so narrow, 
it, just think of it. Like coming up high street. Both ways, both ways, Mr. President, both ways. And it's a shame that none of you have gotten an answer back and you asked for that a week ago. Public safety and not even an answer. For, for, the, for those who don't live in that neighborhood, Route 60 is a, is a, is a major truck route. Um, if you go by there, you see uh, oil tankers, uh, you know, delivering gasoline, oil all day and night. You see uh, uh, tractor trailers coming down there. Uh, are we going to wait till the like, uh, symbols that happen at the other end of Route 60 where the truck tipped over and, and uh, all the oil went into the river? Again, um, I've talked to uh, some people from waste management. They're saying they're having a hard time getting right. by yeah, there. Right. Uh, I talked to the fire department. They're saying that's going to be a tough turn, and, and we haven't even got to the winter. If you, when you when you traverse that road coming coming up in the dark, that island comes right on top of you with no light on it, and you get the bump out right over there and as you well get too. The bump out right there. And very, picking, very up, and picking up one other point. One other point that Council Marks alluded to, because apparently there's been no updating as to the streets as the sidewalks being a little bit wider in the bike lane. So since none of that has taken place and you have people coming down High Street in that bike lane, they're going to traverse right into that middle of maybe eight to 10 feet wide. And Anybody it's, rides the bike it's, it's, it's just, it's just, I, I would I hope this where, council, I the bike safety people are in this either. I, I would hope one of you on this council would, would make a motion to just put a stop in that project to fully have a complete public safety review. It's already, unfortunately, Councilman, it's already up. It's up, but it can also be taken down. Uh, okay? It needs to be taken down, I think. Yes. Uh, we have somebody with the hands up. Uh, um, Pascal Sias. Pascal? You have your hand yeah, up? Uh, yeah, I do. Hi, Pascal, name and address of the record, please. All right. Uh, Pascal Sias, two, uh, 231 Riverside Avenue. Okay. Did you want to speak? Did you want to speak on um, on the high street uh, project? So no, I was looking for a chance to speak on some other like civic uh, civic topics that we could probably talk about. Okay, I'm gonna if, if, you if you could hold right. on a second, um, and let the uh, the gentleman at the at the rail finish, and we'll call on you next. Mr. All right. I thank you for listening. I know you've seen it. We've had this discussion. Uh, and, and again, I would something, hopefully, you know, things are made to be corrected. That's why there's a racist on pencils. And that's why sometimes having something like this really be taken a look at in the interest of public safety, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, uh, Pascal Sears. Mr. Clegg, if you're gonna unmute Pascal. Pascal? Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Pascal, name and address for the record, please. All right, Pascal C is 231 Riverside Avenue. Okay, what would you like to speak on? Uh, so this is, um, I'm from the, the Medford Public High School, and uh, just as a little thing that we're doing there, I'm trying to speak on civic issues. So I'm also, I'm trying to, like, go over stuff from, or stuff about like policing and stuff, you know, some important issues that are a big issue in like throughout the United States. I'm also trying to see how we're, what we're doing about it in Medford. Okay, well, what, what, what is your question? Uh, so you recognize how a lot of issues, right, with like stuff problems that happen to 
I guess mainly like black or minority groups when it comes to police happens because you're mainly calling police who don't necessarily need to be called for certain situations. So like something like traffic stops, right? Police are meant to be armed and it's necessary because they need to be prepared for certain situations. But at the same time though, for something like a traffic stop, uh, it's not entirely reasonable for someone who's are reasonably armed to be taking care of situations like that. So I'm wondering if, like, if you guys or just people at Medford, right, are taking actions to go towards other possibilities, like getting other people in public services so that the police aren't usually just this one catch-all answer to anything you need to call when it comes to 911 or calling 911. Well, when you call 911, you need to get a, a police or a, or a fire response or an ambulance. But because, uh, especially when it comes to like escalation of situations, right? It's not always necessary to have someone who, you know, who may potentially like bring a situation farther than it needs to go. You know, you wouldn't want a case like in Louisville or in other places, right? Where police end up bringing a situation too far where they end up feeling like they need to use their firearms or stuff like that. So having other things you can call, like other uh, other like uh, service workers besides like police, people who could specialize in certain situations, so that you don't have to call them. Uh, well, I would suggest um, you contact the police chief and uh, and ask him for his guidance because the only emergency numbers we have are the uh, the police, fire, and ambulance, and they're the ones that respond to. Uh, those calls. So uh, my suggestion would be you should uh, contact the chief and uh, speak to him uh, about how you think these calls should be responded to. Mr. President, if I may. Uh, Council Bess. Uh, I definitely agree with uh, President Caraviello. I think reaching out to the police department directly, as well as reaching out to the mayor's office who supervises the police would be a, a good venue for this question. And I also just want to thank you. Uh, as a student at Medford High School, I know it takes a lot of courage to uh, speak in front of the public, and I want to thank you for uh, taking some time to learn about civics and ask a question of your city council. Thank you. Council. Thank you, Mr. President. I just want to echo Councilor Bears. I want to thank you, Pascal, for um, taking the time to attend the whole meeting and wait to the end and uh, and speak on something you're passionate about. And yeah, it takes a lot of bravery to speak in front of a crowd. So uh, thank you, and I commend you for doing it. Thank you. Uh, uh, Pascal? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Uh, do we have anything else for public participation this evening? Okay. The, the records of May 25th, 2021, the Pastor Council of Bears. Council of Bears. I found, the, find those records? I found the records precise and I move approval. Uh, the motion by Council of Bears, seconded by uh, Vice President Knight, Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Councilor Bears. Yes. Councilor Falco. Yes. Vice President Knight. Yes. Councilor Marks. Yes. Councilor Morell. Yes. Councilor Scarpelli is absent. President Carabiello. Yes. The affirmative motion passes. Mr. President. Councilor Marks. Uh, Mr. President, um, I would just ask that where we have an increase in public participation here at the chamber, that the chairs uh, be set up, Mr. President, 
uh, formally to conduct business here and accommodate uh, the increase of public participation here. I will take care of that this, this week, by uh, Councilor Marks. Uh, motion, uh, motion to adjourn. Mr. President. Mr. President. Councilor Marks. Mr. President, we had a loss of a longtime Method resident. Uh, I just found out about uh, Richard Sullivan, best, better known as Dick Sullivan, Dickie Sullivan, uh, from the West Method area. Uh, many of us knew uh, Dick Sullivan, uh, Mr. President. He was a longtime uh, resident of uh, the West Method area. You'd always see him frequent the businesses and stores at the West Method Spa and a number of stores there, Mr. President. And we recently lost Richard Dickey Sullivan, and uh, he will be sorely missed, Mr. President. Thank you. Uh, if we could take a moment of silence. Thank Motion you, to adjourn. Bye. Bye, Councilor Pierce. A second of my council. Oh, if you wait around, I could get a couple more things. Mr. Clark, let's go to roll. Council Pierce. Yes. Council Falco. Vice President Knight. Yes. Council Marks. Yes. Council Morrell. Yes. Council Scott Kelly is absent. President Carvio. Yes, 16th parameter motion passes. Meeting adjourned.